Our guest today has raised thousands of pounds for dog charities with her trademark Catchathon events, and her latest event is garnering attention from news outlets from all around the world. So we caught up with Caroline Cowan of Carrie Southerton Dog Photography to ask her all about Catchathon, charitable marketing, and how to host successful dog photo events. But really quickly, before we get straight into that, we just wanted to give you a bit of a quick overview and let you know that the Pet Photographers Conference is happening again. This year is especially for the established pet photographer. So those of you who have been in business a couple of years and you have the foundations covered, this is for you. It's on from the 21st until the 23rd of March. Don't forget that is American EST time. So for those of you in Australia or other parts of the world that way, that's going to be the next day for you. Like last year, it's completely virtual. So you can join in from anywhere that you have enough internet connection for Zoom. Plus all classes are recorded and available for a seven day replay. A couple of your favorite experts are back, but it's almost an entirely new lineup And big hint here, none of them are your peers. This is about learning from those who are experts in their field or absolutely smashing it with their businesses. It's interactive, it's actionable content, and it's limited numbers to ensure that you can get your questions answered. One extra bonus this year too is the new brainstorm sessions. This is a big reason that we've limited the event to established photographers only. That's basically their small breakout rooms to discuss, practice, and implement everything that you've just learned in the class. Want to join us? I'm not surprised. Head on over to thepetphotographersconference.com. And if you pop in listener bonus in capital letters, you will save $50, but you need to get on that in the next week unless it sells out prior because like I said earlier, it is super limited. Enough about that though. Let's jump straight into this episode with Caroline because I'm sure you're definitely going to take something from this too. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick-arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Season 11, Episode 12 of the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Kirsty McConnell. And I'm Caitlin J. McCall. And today we're talking to Caroline Cowan of the Carrie Southerton Dog Photography in Scotland. Welcome to the club, Caroline. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. Now, at the time of recording, uh, you are less than a week away from a massive two-day catchathon event. So we want to dive straight in and hear all about that, how you go about setting it up, what it even is, all your marketing around it, all the things. So <laughs> why don't you give us, first of all, an idea of what it even is? <laughs> all right. Um, it was around about 2000 and. 17 in November, I came up with an idea of trying to go for a Guinness Book of Records or a Guinness Records of dogs catching cheese. How fast, how many, how much bits of cheese. So I spoke to them and they said, well, you really have to have, is it how much cheese, how many dogs or how many shots? And I said, right, okay. So then I thought, okay, how could we turn this into something else? Now, 
going back in history, we we showed and bred beagles and German Shepherds for about 40 years, and we were heavily involved with beagle welfare back in the 80s. We were the Scottish officers for that uh, that organisation, and we know personally that if you're not fundraising, getting donations, it comes out your back pocket to help the dogs that are being fostered or brought back. We thought, well, why not? run it for breed rescue because all the breed clubs and it's maybe the same where you are as well we're the ones that support the dogs that have to be coming back because the owners can't uh, look after them anymore mm -hmm. so it's the breed that look after their own breeds and we thought right we'll do it for breed rescues so the first one was actually for german shepherd rescue and there was only about 10 people turned up, you know, because we, again, it was a new thing, new concept. Nobody really knew what was going on and what it was all about. And by the third month, I believe that was for uh, Thistle Boxer Rescue, we had a waiting list. People who had cottoned onto the idea, loved it, um, and we were booked out solid. So I could do about 30 dogs in one day. I mean, all, all the money that we raised from the entry fees went direct to the breed rescue. Um, that was their their thing for it. And as a thank you to the people who basically donated their money, they came back to the studio and looked through the finished artwork of their dog, Catching Cheese. There's some posh shots as well. And they could choose one either 9 by 6 or 8 by 8 thank you catchathon print and that's really how it went now we ran that for 14 months we had breed rescues sort of applying can you run one for us and things like that and everything was going hunky dory and then the big bad covid hit so that put paid to that and we had to shut down obviously over that 14 months we managed to actually raise about 15,000 pounds for breed rescue which was absolutely brilliant yeah that's amazing it was. It was astounding because, I mean, what we found, actually, there's certain breeds, golden retriever people, they'll donate to anything. It doesn't matter the breed. And every catch-a-thon, there was at least five or six goldies that were there, no matter what the breed was representing. So we did have to have a special golden retriever catch-a-thon. And they're fantastic, actually. They're such happy dogs. So it was, um, we always intended starting catch-a-thon back up once restrictions lifted. And it was about three weeks ago, I was just sitting watching the BBC News. There was a woman on there saying that she'd just lost her job because it takes so long for the benefit system to kick in to give people a wee bit extra hand. She was having to start using the food banks. What she noticed was that she says, I've got to choose. Do I feed my kids or my dog? She says, my dog, she's, he's 10 years old. She says, he's a family member. She says, I've got to choose whether to, you know, I, I, I can't feed him. She says, so I'm going to have to maybe make a choice of putting him into rescue. Now, rescues over here are inundated anyway with that COVID puppy. You know, everybody bought a pup during lockdown. And now that they're back at work, the pups are in the rescues. So... Um, looking at that television uh, interview of this lady, it was a light bulb moment. As I, I said to Alistair, why not run Catchathon to raise money, go and buy food, and then just donate it to the food banks? Pet food, you know, like dog food. So we worked on the idea, and because of our connections within the dog world, we approached a few of the manufacturers, i.e. Royal Cannon, Yukonuba, Well Beloved, Ark uh, Wright, Arden Grange, and also Burns Pet Foods. And to be honest, the other ones didn't really take up the offer, but Burns, Dr. Burns himself, he's a vet, and he's Scottish, but he lives in Wales. He loves anything to do with 
charity work up here fundraising for dogs. So they really took to it. And cut a long story short, if we raise the £2,000, that's 70 dogs over that two days. If we manage to raise that £2,000, they're going to then sell us £4,000 worth of food. So it's like half price. But then on top of that, they're actually going to double it. So we're going to get £8,000 worth of dog food weighing in roughly about one tonne. So that is the aim for this weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's quite a mammoth feat, but <laughs> we will do it. We will do it. I'm determined. Um, Al Alistair's on. He keeps in charge of all the entrants. You know, they, send, they we send out a questionnaire when somebody applies um, and the, the, the Catch-A-Cathon contract, because that's got terms and conditions in it, obviously, and that's all filled out. They send that right back. And once we've got that back, we then can actually see on the questionnaire, do they prefer the Saturday or Sunday? Do they prefer morning or afternoon? And then we can allocate a time at roughly where they're wanting it. And then we send a confirmation letter back that's penciled in the diary and uh, along with the information pack, uh, directions and also the all-important invoice. Once they've paid the invoice, either by clicking direct or by bank transfer, we then send them a confirmation that they are booked in for this catch-a-thon. And it's been a tremendous response so far. Well, we're booked up fully Saturday morning, most of Saturday afternoon, most of Sunday morning, and I think we've only got about three slots left on the Sunday afternoon. So, yeah, I mean... We're kicking on the 70. I have said, actually, that um, if there's maybe two or three more comes in, then I will push it to more. You know, I, I'm willing to do that. You are going to be exhausted come Monday. <laughs> And the thing is, I can't start, I can't take the day off on Monday because they're all going to be booked in for the return visit to come back and see their completed artwork. So, yeah, I mean, I do about 10, 12 for each client or for each dog. So if somebody's brought two dogs, I'll do about 24 images for them. Uh, some catch-a-thon, some posh, it just, just depends. But the, the, the print that they can choose is definitely, it's got to include a bit of cheese. <laughs> so Alice is your husband, right? Yes. Yes. Of thirty-nine years. Oh. <laughs> is he always, you know, a big role in organizing the catchathons or like are you a husband wife team for the business? No, no, he's a partner in the business. Um Right. Oh, okay, yeah. Basically the way I describe our partnership is I draw, he counts. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we both do the shoots together. Um, Alistair's my lighting engineer, my handler. I mean, luckily, I mean, he's handled dogs all his life and, you know, like show and work and things like that. So, I mean, he's, he's a great handler. If, if the clients don't really do what I ask them to do, I'll give them three attempts. And if they're still standing behind the dog, even after being directed not to, I'll look at Alistair and say, Alistair, could you handle? And, that, you know, it gets rid of the client then. So, no, Alistair does all that. Um, he handles the dogs. He's my lighting engineer. He sorts out my cameras before I shoot, makes sure all the batteries up to date. He does all the admin, maintains the grounds because we've got seven acres here. So he describes himself, he's the gardener. He, he mows the lawn. But, I mean, it's seven acres of lawn. So, yeah, it's a big job um and he's the engineer he's my maintenance man he does everything really yeah I, I couldn't do it without him so carolyn how long has alistair been part of the business for since the very beginning or did he come in later did you come in later i mean um how long has that been going on 
he came in later, much later. I was uh, a photographer prior to this anyway. I was a freelance for Dog World, uh, newspapers. We always showed, but I mean, I was running the two things separately. And it was almost like I couldn't see the woods for the trees. After I gave up being a gig photographer, I, I freelance for Dog World because they asked, they said, well, you're at the shows anyway. Could you do that? So um, after that finished in 2015 and we retired from showing, we got uh, best dog, best bitch, best puppy, best pu puppy in the breed uh, for the year, best dog of the year in 2015 so we thought right we're going to finish on a high and I sat next to an old timer in a, in a ringside and I said what am I going to do now and he says you're a photographer you've got dogs you've been doing it for all your life make a business and I thought right enough <laughs> so yeah January 2016 I started up the, the Carrie Southern dog photography and Alistair was still working at a full-time job. He was a central heating salesman uh, for central heating boilers and things like that. He would go out and high pressure people to buy these boilers and uh, gradually the business just really took off and it got so much that I couldn't cope on my own so Alistair went three days a week at his boiler job and four days a week here and then after about oh, a month we realized no nah, he's gonna have to come full-time so that was about two and a half three years ago and he's been full-time here ever since amazing uh, is it tricky working with your with your partner? You guys obviously have a good good thing going down. <laughs> well, well, I mean, when when we first met, I mean, I was I was only a, just at nappies. I was seventeen, and he had one of the largest uh, disco road shows in the county of Fife. And uh, we happened, me and my dance troupe were actually touting for business one night and uh, at a, a club. And he was there and we got talking and he became my dance group's manager and he used to get us gigs. And that's how I met him. And for a year, it, it was total business. And then, you know, gradually um, things developed. And yeah, we've, we've worked together ever since. Oh, amazing. All right. Okay. Back to Catchathon. Do those Catchathon clients then become full session clients or is more of the benefit to your business the fact that you're able to sell them, you know, the other portraits that you're already taking? With the, with the catchathons, I mean, the, the premise is to raise the money for the breed rescues, or in this case now for the, the dog food, food for the, the food banks. But that is the main premise. And everybody knows that they get a th thank you catchathon print for each dog that's entered. So if they've entered three dogs, they'll get three prints, you know, um, one of each dog. Now, if they want to purchase anything else, they're more than capable and I would be delighted when they do. Um, I've got a special price list here, especially for Catchathon clients only, but they're not obliged to buy. I mean, because I know money's tight at the moment, you know, and a lot of these people will just come along, they've donated their £30 and that's all they can afford themselves, which is fine. That's perfectly fine. They don't have to buy anything. They are entitled to their thank you print. But in some circumstances, yeah, they do go on to purchase. I mean, my largest sale from a catchathon was from a, a lovely, lovely lady who's booked in again with her new dog, actually, for this coming weekend. Um, and it was about three years ago she came and um, she spent 5000 on catchathon pictures. 
Jeez, that's amazing, Carolyn. That was, that was. I mean, because the average, if somebody was buying, it was the average about £250, you know, on a print box with 10 prints. That was their best seller for catching them, you know. But this lady, no, she kept saying, I'll have one of them, one of them, one of these. And my chin hit, hit the floor. And when I told her it was like four, four and a half, and she I'll take it up to the five. And I thought, wow. <laughs> Got to love those clients. I, I did. I loved it. But I mean, her boyfriend was away down in London at that point working and she still hasn't yet told him how much she spent on those images. <laughs> <laughs> so Caroline, actually, we're going to in the second half of this episode, which is um, just for members, we want to dive into pricing a little bit more. But gee, you've given a real taste for uh, for everybody now. That's uh, very exciting. I can't wait to, you know, get into the nitty gritty of like what you're selling, what people buy, et cetera. But let's save that for the members. Before we get to that though, we still have plenty of goodness to put into these last few minutes of the first half. So you're shooting these catchathons with a studio setup, uh, studio lighting, but you also have these seven acres I know of uh, amazing grounds. So have you tried doing the catchathon in a natural light environment or you're just sticking to it being studio only? See, at my normal shoots, um, I always include treat throw it anyway with my normal clients because it keeps the dogs interested it gets them excited and it keeps them you know amiable for what I'm wanting them to do um we have done it outside I've done I've actually been up ladders outside with people holding me and leaning right over the dog and then dropping the treats over the dog I've done all that outside but for catchathon because each client's only got 15 minutes and I'm cramming in as many dogs as I can possibly do. It's got to be kept really almost military fashion because they're arriving 15 minutes early. All the paperwork's already been done. They're just getting ticked off on their sheet that have arrived. And then they're in the studio. We spend a few seconds just getting the dog at ease. We start throwing cheese and I shoot. I'll, I'll usually take about 50 photographs during that 15 minutes some dogs take a little bit longer to ease which i've not got a problem with i have told everybody everybody knows when they come there is a caveat that there might be a slight backup but simply because each dog is different and i've got to take each dog as they come but yeah i mean it is fast and furious so it's more mainly for control and also because all the lighting set up you know, I've not got to worry about changing my settings outside because of lighting and stuff like that. In the studio, it's all set, and I shoot at the same settings all the time. I maybe change them slightly for for individual colours, but yeah, generally speaking, it's all set up and it's ready to go. So it is fast and furious. And so, if somebody was wanting to try doing this kind of um, event where they are in the world, but they don't have a studio set up and they're not interested really in doing it with the black backdrop, for example. They want to do in the natural style that they enjoy shooting in. Would it still be possible for them to do it that way? Not really an event because the light has to be constant. And because it's quick, you've got to keep those dogs' attention span really, really tight. The speed I'm talking about, I mean, there's, I've, I've got behind-the-scenes videos on my website and whatever, and, I mean, you actually hear me going, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, and that's for Alistair to throw the cheese. 
you know, and I'm clicking on three. But then I judge when the dog's going to catch it as well. So, I mean, sometimes it's an upshot. But if the dog is flamboyant, you know, like windswept and wonderful ears, sometimes they, they sort of catch high. So I'll ask Alistair to um, arc it. And that brings the dogs down a wee bit more to my level. Because Alistair sits in front of the stage and throws up to the dogs. Right? We never throw down. That way, when the dog is throwing its head up, Nine times out of ten, it's looking direct at the camera with its mouth open and its eyes all gone funny and stuff like that. It is a tried and tested kind of technique and it does take a lot of practice and a lot of timing. And every dog catches differently. Some dogs catch to the left, some dogs catch to the right. So if a dog is catching more to the right and I'm wanting it more face, Alistair will then adjust where he's throwing cheese. If it's outside, it can be done, but it's a lot slower pace because you have no control over the natural lighting. Clouds could come over in one minute or bright sunshine. And if you've got a bank of dogs that you're working with at fast pace, you're going to spend half your time working your settings on your camera rather than letting the dog enjoy itself and catching that moment. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I do actually have an idea that might work, I don't know, because we take the, the exhibition trailer out to um, dog shows, you know, big and big events, and most of the times at the dog shows, we also have the mobile studio. It's just a, a black three-by-three three gazebo with, with the sides that are detachable, right? And sometimes, depending on the weather, sometimes I don't put the sides on. I always put the roof on, but sometimes I don't put the sides on. I've still got the lights inside, so I'm still controlling most of the lighting. But, again, you're getting in the natural backdrop on the dog, right? Even though you've got a wee stage or whatever and you're shooting the dog, you've still got whatever's behind it. So you can take the backing off the gazebo. That would control your lighting a lot more and you wouldn't have to go up and down your eyes as much, you know, and your f-stops, right? Because you're undercover, well, you're not, but the dog is, and it's more controllable, but it's still open to the elements. That could work. Yeah. I love how you've worked this all into such a fine art. I mean, just the fact that they're 15-minute mini sessions that you're managing to photograph all these dogs in, it's amazing. Uh, we have so much more that we want to discuss with you, Caroline, especially pricing and marketing for these events. But as Kirsty mentioned earlier, I think that's perfect to say for the second half of this extended episode. So let's wrap up part one now. We're going to have all the links and resources that we mentioned, guys, today in our show notes for this episode. We'll link to the catchathon, um, those behind the scenes videos are really interesting. I was already watching them. <laughs> so just go ahead and visit the petphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash one 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 two. That's season eleven, episode twelve. If you're not a member yet, you can continue listening to part two of this interview in the member zone. So if you're not a member yet, you can join us for ten dollars a month and that includes loads of extra perks and bonus content. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.